And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and you're very welcome to another edition of the We Are Mead podcast. It's David Rissman and Mickey Brennan with you here as always and uh, lots to get through. Really, really good weekend it has to be said for um, Mead County teams. Um, we had cup competitions, we have fixtures coming up, we've got a whole plethora of things going on. There's a lot going on in Mead GA circles at the moment, David Rissman. Yeah, we had a brilliant weekend, Mickey. Um, I suppose a better bank holiday weekend than most in the sense yeah. that we got uh, three massive wins for our county sides in Camogie, ladies football and uh, Mead minor football then as well. So um, absolutely brilliant. We couldn't have asked for better. And yeah, the Mead teams are producing at the minute, Mickey. Thanks be to God. Yeah, if uh, Carlsberg did uh, <laughs> GA weekends, you know, that's that's just the truth of it. Um, but look, Davey, we'll, we'll, we'll start with the Camogues. And, um, you know, 5-14 to Carlo's 13 points, another convincing victory. What it does is it sees me through to a quarterfinal of the um, Intermediate All-Ireland Camogie. Um, but they will have uh, they will have one more game against Galway this Sunday in a Mead venue. And we're hoping it'll be in Park Tolchin. And the winner of that will top the group. It's to decide who's first and second in, 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 in the group. Um, and... The perceived easier quarter final, but make no mistake, these girls have uh, ha- have uh, ha- have plenty done. Will they go into this game against Galway on Sunday, Davy? Um, you know, looking to put down a marker. They would, I would imagine so. Yeah, on paper, it's me the biggest test to date, no doubt in Championship twenty twenty one, and um, it'll be a good yardstick, I suppose, for how how far these girls have progressed. And I do see a major improvement from the league. The league was good to an extent, but you'd have to say the performances, we were probably just doing enough in the league. Um, the girls so far in the championship have blown Dublin and Carlo away. Right, they're not two of the powerhouses of intermediate camogie. However, they still had a job to do. They did it professionally. They've booked their passage, but I think this will be this will be a game they want to win and they want to put down a bit of a marker going into that quarterfinal, Mickey, for sure, yeah. Yeah, a really, a really good performance again from Brendan Steen and the girls. And, and you know, full value for their victory, 5-14. A team that was struggling to maybe score goals in the early part of the league and now they're starting to see uh, the, the goals flying in. Well, it's amazing when, when you put Moira Kirby in the goal machine that she is. <laughs> she'll inevitably give you those uh, those sort of stats and she contributed three at the weekend, Mickey. She's a brilliant eye for goals. She's, she's a young player playing in her first year now at, at a level. And she's playing without fear. She's a great girl to watch in full flight. Um, very dangerous and 
has been a star turn really since she's been thrust into um, the starting team for championship and they were using her as an impact sub in the league but there, are, there comes a time for every player that you have to just say right time to time to throw her in and try time to see how she gets on and she's relishing it she really is she's playing up to it and um, she's got plenty of experienced campaigners in and around her as well you only have to look at the likes of Jane Dolan Amy Gaffney um, Sinead Hackett like and there's Aideen Slattery as well she's found herself in the corner forward position she got a goal at the weekend um, so yeah five goals shared amongst three players I, I think Brendan will be delighted about that because against Dublin he did sort of bemoan the fact that he thought there was more goals out there for them. They exploited that Carlo um, defence and breached it on five different occasions and probably could have had another handful too. Um, so yeah, really, really good performance from me. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And the first of the ladies' teams to win on the weekend because the ladies' footballers then were out, uh, of course, uh, in, in the All-Ireland semi-final, quarter-final against Armagh. And they were coming up against, you know, a tough side. They went in as underdogs into this game. David, we said it in the lead up to this game. They they, they will not fear Armagh. And if they could maybe, you know, curtail um, Amy Mackin's um, influence on the game, that that would go a long way to win the game. They did. They kept her to three points for the first 50 minutes or so. She scored three in a goal in three in the final 10 minutes. But the game was over as a contest at that stage. It was 3.15 to meet. One fourteen to our man. Meet our true to an All Ireland semi final debut. It's it's amazing. It is, and it's only when you say it you kind of actually realise. Because I don't think the girls probably it is even even sunk in, and it mightn't do until hopefully after the semi final because they're just riding on the crest of a wave at the moment, Mickey, and uh, they're going so so well. They don't worry too much about the opposition. They don't worry too much about individual players and when they're not worrying too much about an individual player like Amy Mack, and I think that speaks volumes for the the overall psyche within the squad. Like we spoke about it this time last week, you know, had they, there was undoubtedly Mead had the bigger spread of scorers in their ranks. Granted, Armagh had the trump card in Amy Mackin, but as you said it quite rightly, she was nullified for large parts of that game and Mead really exploited it with a host of scorers on their own behalf, the likes of, um, Emma Duggan, Nevo Sullivan, Avian Cleary, um, Orla Lally, do you know that Vicky Wall? They 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 got they got great contributions all over the pitch. And to me, Armagh looked devoid of ideas. If they couldn't get the ball route one, Tammy Mackin, they were sort of passing laterally. The build-up play was slow. It was ponderous, and it allowed me to get bodies back, win a whole host of turnovers, and hurt them on the break with Mead's superior level of fitness. I can't overstate how incredibly fit these girls are and the game in which the game plan that it's centered around fitness. It's just incredible to watch them breaking in numbers and they're a savage side. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Well, for a full in-depth analysis of that game and interviews with Eamon Murray, the manager and uh, Mary-Kate Lynch, the fullback and Stacey Grimes, uh, go over to our Loyal Royals podcast on Patreon forward slash We Are Mead. You'll get all those interviews over there. We have lots happening this week on our Loyal Royals podcast. We have uh, we, the cup, comp- the cup competitions, the Fesh Cup, the Cornabonia and Tolchin Cup semi-finals. Uh, or sorry, finals from twenty twenty were on. We've interviews from those. We have the Fesh Cup semi-finals. And the Cornabonia, uh, uh, sorry, the Cornabonia final and the Fresh Cup final from 2020. We've interviews from both of those games uh, from the Waterstone camp and the Gale Cullen Kill camp. 
the two victorious camps. And then from the Fresh Cup, Cornerbone, and Tawdrick Cup semi-finals from this year, we have a reaction as well. So get over there. And also, uh, the next game, and we have another Loyal Royals podcast on this one, Davey Rispin, it is uh, the Mead Miners' um, victory over Dublin. Well, they gave Dublin a drubbing, let's just say. They brushed them aside, absolutely swatted them like a bloody wasp. I just, I just, this gave me so much uh, happiness. Um, three goals and eight, Dublin's one goal and three. And again, at one stage, this game was two goals and seven to two points with, I think, 15 minutes to go. Dublin only have scored two points in that length of time. Again, Carlo Brick and this team deserve huge credit. Oh, they do indeed, Mickey. There's no doubt about it. Um they only scored 1-1 from play over the course of the hour, Dublin. Um, yeah. And their first score from play was that goal, which came about 10 minutes into the second half. And, you know, for that, the Mead defence deserve immense credit. Oshie McDermott in the goals right through the full back line. Um, I actually thought Sean O'Hare, he's the younger brother of James. He came into the side. He was a late change. He was superb. He's a real chip off the old block, very similar to James in the way in which he plays. But when you, sorry, go f- further up the pitch in that, um, Mead only scored 1-4 in the remaining 45 minutes of the game. But that's all they needed to do. They didn't need to continue to go all guns blazing. They blew Dublin away in that first quarter. They got the two goals and, and they protected what they got. And it was a professional job in difficult conditions in, in Tullamore on Monday. And it was every bit as comprehensive as the scoreline suggests. In fact, it could have even been a little bit more comfortable for Mead um, had they looked to really push on. But they, they didn't have to and, and they didn't need to. Um, but it was just an emphatic performance, yeah. Yeah, and Carlo Brick, again, deserving huge credit for what he's done with these players. We spoke about this uh, in... Uh, we'll speak about this in the Lionel Royals podcast, Davy. but, you know, a little bit of a different style of football to what... John McCarthy and the 2020 victorious Leinster um, minor team uh, would have played. But again, you kind of have to play with the, the hand you're dealt. So you kind of, uh, I, I suppose, give a game plan tailored to the players that you have. Yeah, it, it was unusual because I suppose when you look at John Mack's team, maybe from last year, there was a bigger emphasis on probably kicking. I would have said, you know, particularly from that half back line, Kieran Caulfield almost acted as a real playmaker in that side. When you look at this year's um, halfbacks, for example, in Sean Leonard and Killian Smith on the far side. Those guys don't kick the ball too much, but they never stop bombing up and down the pitch, Mickey. They really don't. They, you know, they're 100 miles an hour, 100% of the time. And even you get valuable contributions from the cornerbacks, like Conor Ennis, you know, made some serious marauding runs throughout the course of the afternoon. Unfortunately, he had to go off early in the second half, but his work was done. Um, and we, we spoke about, we, we, sorry, we will speak about in the Loyal Royals podcast about Sean Emanuel's role and how it's probably evolved to last year's team. You know, he's playing as an orthodox centre-half forward, um, which probably raised a few eyebrows last week when he lined out there against Loud. And mm-hmm. even he, when we spoke to him after, he wasn't sure was that his preferred role. Well, possibly it is now because you look at his goal and would he got the goal if he was midfield? Possibly he would have. But when you look at where he picked the ball up for his second, for Mead's second goal and his goal, it was about 45 metres from goal. He interchanged lovely with um, with Finley, with Christian Finley. He went on and he was up at the 20 metre line when he was shooting. He was never that far advanced in last year's team. He did venture forward from time to time, but I think he has all the 
I suppose, the attributes or the, the skills in his locker to probably play that role. And he's a big, strong, strapping fella as well. So we can break the lines and, and really cause teams and opposition teams problems. And then you look at the inside forward line. I suppose Huey Corcoran in many ways is, is probably this year's answer to Owen Frayne, but he does things a lot different to what Owen Frayne does as well. Like Owen Frayne was a, was a great captain for Mead. He came out the field, he got involved in play. Huey Corcoran's a proper inside forward, right? So he's a score getter and he does things that could annoy a manager if they weren't going right. But, you know, kicking freeze with the outside of the left boot, lobbing <laughs> a goalkeeper from 25 yards out. I mean, the, the interview with Carlo Brick is worth listening to after because he just laughed and says, yeah, look, that's Huey. He does things that other guys aren't even thinking about but he encourages it he doesn't and this is the thing I love about it because in inter-county football it's become so regimented nowadays yeah. that you have to do X, Y and Z um, but but Huey Corker goes completely against the grain and that's what's beautiful about the way in which he plays the game Yeah, yeah 100% I agree Like the, the, the game has taken away those natural flamboyant players who can do things that other players can't do yeah but what they do is risky business because it's not a percentage pass usually you know it's going to be a 50 50 um unless you get it right and they're just not percentages but great to see a player of his quality and um, being being allowed to do what he's doing again we've an in-depth uh, uh, analysis of that game we have interviews with Carlo Brick Liam Kelly the captain and Oshina Moraku, the first goal scorer on the day. And uh, yeah, get on over to our Patreon service for that. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near silent cutting of a Husqvarna automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, automower from your phone. Automore also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automore dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard, County Mead. Davey, we're going to move on now to the cup results. And um, I'll just have them here in front of me. So we had the. Um, we had the Fesh Cup final and the Cornabonia final from 2020. So the Cornabonia final was played on Monday. Waterstown 310, Castleton uh, not 13. So a six point victory there for Castleton or for, for, for Waterstown. And the Fesh Cup final was 215 to, to Kells. Wolf Tones, two goals and eight. An informed Wolf Tones coming um, a cropper there against Gail Column Kill. And, you know, the scoreline. Maybe flatters Wolf Tones a little bit because Gil Column Kill had this really well sewn up until the introduction of Tom Gavigan. Ten minutes to go, and he scored two goals for Wolf Tones in those closing stages. In the Fesh Cup, sorry, in the 2021 competitions, uh, the Torchon Cup, Castletown 215, Boards Mill 115. That result after extra time. And now that will see Castletown taking on St. Vincent's in. 2021 Dodger Cup final at the end of the season. Um, the Corner Bonia semi-finals, Trim 120, St. Michael's, two goals and seven. Huge win there for Trim. And then St. Pat's, 314, Old Castle, seven points. A massive victory there for St. Pat's, going against our tips from last week as well. Um, we've interviews there with Kevin Riley 
from uh, uh, from Trim after that game. We're doing a full roundup of the cup games and full um, analysis of the cup games from last week. And we have interviews as well from all those. In the first cup semi-finals, it was silenced in 13, Dumboyne two goals and five. Interviews there from Sean Tobin and Colin O'Rourke again on our uh, Cups uh, podcast. And uh, Wolf Tones, 11 points, Summerhill, one goal and four. So Summerhill out in the Fesh Cup semi-final of this year, a couple of days before they played the final of last year. And of course, we have interviews as well with Bino Hanlon from Kells, Mar Wall from Kells, and we have Brian O'Connell and Martin O'Connell from Waterstone. David Grisman, just from the Cup competitions there, and um, you know what, what wouldn't stand out for you? I suppose, I suppose that this year's look at, you know, full credit to Waterstown. It's their first trophy in 18 years. I, I didn't know that until Alban Crosby was going up to accept the cup. Um, astonishing, really, for a club like that. We only spoke about them in our best 10 as well. Um, the tradition that they have in me, GA, and that being their first bit of silverware in 18 years is a long time. And they really enjoyed it. And I know they had a good night as well Monday and, and thoroughly deserved. Um, I suppose... You know, Gail Colm Kill getting back to form and, and winning the cup competition of 2020 will serve them well going into a meeting with Wolf Tones next week. Um, but looking back to this year's competitions, I think the one that does stand out is, is your own Simonstown against St. Peter's Dunboyne. I know you're probably not overly eager to talk about it, Mickey, but but for the people of Mead, that's going to be the result that stands out. Two of the big protagonists, really, in this year's championship, who no doubt will be challenging, I would say. Um Served up a cracker last last Wednesday night. Nah, I was a poor enough affair in all honesty. Um, you know, two teams that won't be going much further. Relegation father. <laughs> Relegation father, absolutely. And 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 with Simonstown in the group of death as well. Um uh, no, look, you know, with Gil Colum Kill Kells, Minalvi and um Wolf Tones. Like what a group, but yeah, no, um, don't see uh, more than Boyne on last week's show and going, uh, going anywhere near it. Um, but I'll edit all this out, obviously. Um, and uh, whatever. Davey, just on um, on those cup games there, um, we I have our predictions from last week. So you went for Dunboyne, I went for Simon soon. I got that one right. We both went for uh, the Tones over Summer Hill. So uh, we, we both got that one right. Um, uh, then Oldcastle and St. Bats we both went to Oldcastle we both got that wrong um, we both went for Trim over St. Michael's and we both got that right and then we both went for Castleton over Boards Mill and we just about got that one right um, after extra time four points to three in favour of me there I don't have the the predictions for the cup finals the two cup finals um, I think we both went for Wolf Tones against Gail Colum Kill if I'm not mistaken um, I wish we were got, mistaken, but you're we, not. We both got wrong. And did we both go for Castletown or, or uh, over We both went for Waterstown, I think, yeah. We both went for Waterstown, okay. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so that is that one. Davey, we're going to move on now to some fixtures. And um, I suppose first up, um, we'll, we'll just go through the Mead play Galway on Sunday in the Camogie. Um, that's, that's the big top of the table clash. Mead will play um, Cork in the All-Ireland Senior Semi-Final of the Ladies Football. And that's a Saturday week. Um, we don't have a, a fixture for that proper yet, a day, time and date. And then Mead Miners, um, they will take on, uh, the Mead Ladies Miners, I think it is, will take on... Kildare. Kildare, sorry, yes. And that is this Wednesday at 730 
in uh, in Newbridge venue and the Mead Miners, sorry, uh, the Mead Miner footballers, they will be taking on the winners of Sligo and Roscommon. That's in three weeks' time. And um, Davey, on the home front, you have some fixtures from on the club scene. We do indeed, and these are going to be the hurling finals from last year, which obviously weren't played due to the COVID uh, pandemic. So they're spread across Friday, Saturday and Sunday and starting off on Friday, it is the Junior 2 hurling final from last year, so from 2020, and it sees Boards Mill meeting Dundry in Park Tolton at quarter past seven. Then there's a double header on Saturday in Park Tolton. First up is the Junior hurling final from 2020. It takes place at quarter past four between Kilmesson and Retoth. Then it's uh, the big, the main uh, building on Saturday, and it's the intermediate final, the hotly anticipated intermediate final from 2020. And again, it sees Boards Mill taking on the Wolf Tones, and it's at half six in Park Tolton. And then the grand finale on Sunday at half three in Park Tolton. It is, of course, the Ted Murtha clothing and footwear senior hurling final from 2020, and it sees. All foes, retort and trim going head to head. Should be a cracker, mate. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, an awful shame that those finals didn't get played last year, especially the fact that they were championship finals. But it is the way it is. And uh, Davy Rusman, we didn't do any um, predictions on them, but we'll skip past the predictions because uh, uh, I wouldn't like to um, to me. highlight to highlight uh, you know how, how little you know about the hurling around me and, and how and, and such an expert that I am. <laughs> um, but uh, David will move on anyway uh, best luck to Thank all those Ireland finals um, that are coming up over the next week Lush beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches at Husqvarna we have the perfect solution silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn replacing it with the near silent cutting of a Husqvarna automower smart home compatible and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automore from your phone. Automore also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automore dealer on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard, County Mead. Um, David, we'll move on to our lottos. And, uh, you know, the fact that we are doing our podcast day late might have got a few more lottery um, uh, inf- lotto information in for it, you. This it's, it's actually gone the other way. <laughs> it all right. all in, to be honest. Uh, we'll put it there to the bank all the weekend, but uh, one that was in good and early way last week and their jackpot has probably since been done. Oh no, they actually do theirs on a Tuesday night after bank holiday. So it is... So Chocolate and Royal Gales, the results from last week, 26th of July, the winning numbers were 5, 17, 19 and 20. There was no jackpot winner. They had two match three winners who collected 100 euro each. Next draw takes place tonight, Tuesday at 8.30pm, live on Facebook. 13,000 euro of a jackpot, 12,600 of a reserve built up. You can play that one on Club Force. Ballinlock, GFC, um, the results from their last lotto, um, which took place... I actually don't have the date what day it took place, but I know their next one takes place on the 9th of August, which is uh, next weekend. Uh, they had a jackpot of 3,600. The letters drawn were A, I, M, and O. There was no winner, uh, but there was a share of 100 euro between two match three winners who were Margaret Byrne and Marie Muldoon. 
Um, Slain, their jackpot of €1,225 was not won. The winning numbers drawn were 1, 3, 8 and 10. They roll on to 1250 next week. They said thanks for the continued support in envelopes and on the Club Force app. Spot prizes are available for collection in Smith's shop. You can play that one at Club Force as well. Dunsany, GFC, €6,900 next week. No winner, but they had one match three winner who was Shawnee McCabe, who collected 150 quid each. Or sorry, 150 quid on his own. The winning numbers were 8, 15, 23 and 24. Manalvi. Um, currently capped at 10,000. The reserve increases to 6,300 euro um, on Monday nights. You can play it online at Manalvi GFC or on the Club Force app. Um, next one up is Kildaki GFC. Theirs is a tasty 10,400 at the moment. Draw takes place tonight, Tuesday, and you can play that one on Club Force as well. Um, Manal, Manal, sorry, Manalvi have just updated their one as well. Um, the reserve just increased to 6,400 euro. They had three 20 euro winners last week who were Willie Byrne, Le, Le, struggling with that name, sorry, Bronan McPartlin <laughs> and uh, Leonora Walsh. It's a strange one. Uh, the numbers from 1, 2, 6, and 24. Jeez, um, we. What are our numbers, Mickey? What was this? Uh, 1, 2, 6, and 24. Uh, we're 268 and 26. 268 and 26. Okay, yeah, we, we weren't far away. We weren't far away. Look, I'll tell you one thing. We're getting closer, Davey Rispin. These clubs are going to... They're, they're, they're all going to be sending us checks in the post. Fingers crossed. And the final one is my own court in GFC from last Friday night, the 30th. No winner of our 5,600 euro jackpot. Uh, John and Sandra Collier... Maria Brady, Lucy Noon, Lucas and Hugo Nevin, and Denise McCarthy all shared 20 euro each. Sandra Costello won the Tyrone Retro jersey. Tracy Carroll was our third Trolley Dash finalist. And the winning numbers drawn were 11, 25, 30, and 31. 5,700 euro next week at courtmga.com forward slash lotto. That's it for me. That's it. That's it. I've got two left. Simonstown's uh, lotto uh, was 6,350. wasn't one. We had one match three. It was Evan Burlingham. The numbers were on were 4, 9, 28 and 29. And you can do the Simonstown uh, lotto on um, Clubs app. The next lotto is 6,400 euro. It's climbing up nicely there towards the 7,500 mark. Um, and um, on the Centralstown end of things, their lotto, club lotto is 10,000 at the moment. And it's every Monday evening. They have five, five lucky dip winners of 25 euro each if it's not one. And you can do their lotto online on their smart, smart lotto account. Again, with Simonson and with Centralstown, if you go to their um, social media pages, you'll be able to find the link to their lottos and do them there. Davey, we will crack on and uh, go to our Instagram, um, our final segment of the podcast. Uh, I'm sure after after the heroics of the ladies, the minors, and of the commodes on the weekend, but especially, I'd say, the ladies, I'd say we've got plenty to speak about through our uh, Instagram interactive. We absolutely do. Uh, the first one is from Andrew Doyle, and he just said, Sean Emmanuel, the GOAT. Yeah, absolutely. What a player. Um, just thought he was, from, from, from listening to the game on the radio, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. It sounded like he was, you know, um, uh, head and shoulders above the rest on the day. Absolutely. Uh, Jack Walsh, typically in with his usual contribution, Bose advancing mm-hmm. to the next round of the Europa Conference. Yeah, yeah, Bose um, through to the next round of the Europa Conference. That's like, I suppose, 
I don't know, um, Premier Premier Division Nine or something. Hmm. Uh, is it its equivalent? Yeah, I think Spurs are in it, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> um, Rob Perfield is next in, and he said the proliferation of mullets across the county. And I, I said this, Mickey, a few weeks ago. This is the real pandemic in the Mead uh, County at the moment is the influx of mullets. They are all over the pitch. And if you go to the minor game, yeah. you'll start to see more and more of them. They're getting more and more plentiful. They're like rabbits breeding. It's it's not nice. Yeah, um, I've seen them everywhere. Um, I wasn't a fan of them when they first came out um, back you know, when they had their first cycle, maybe about 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Um, a lot of people probably don't remember them that far back, but I do. And I didn't like them then. And I don't like them now. Um, but I do say fair balls to any player who's willing to 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 do it. Shave the side of his head and let the back of it grow. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. There are pictures that at least you'll be able to look back on with your kids and your grandkids and go, yeah, I think I got that one wrong. But this is exactly what, in fairness to Fergal Lynch, he was sitting beside me at the minor game and he was he said to me, he was like, do these young fellas not know that their picture after winning a minor Leinster championship is going to be open lights for years to come and they're going to look back on that in years with the big mullet. But I, uh, it doesn't seem to bother them now. So. Yeah, at the minute they won't mind. Young lads, eh? Uh, yeah. Dylan Briardy say, asked, is Huey human? Yeah, look, is Huey Corker and human? Um, uh, well, he's definitely not a robot. Um, so, or he's definitely not a dancer. So, <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Is he human or is he dancer? Um, look, he's just a class act. So he is. That's what he is. Uh, Peter Duffy in next, and he said, "What's your favorite type of M and M?" And I just says it's a double Malibu. A lot of ice, nice drop of milk, and possibly Guinness head optional as well. Your favorite M and M? Mine would be the peanut ones. <laughs> That's what he was looking at. But <laughs> you yeah, do you like the peanut mind. ones? Yeah, I like the peanut ones. Yeah, definitely. I, I prefer the pure chocolate ones. Uh, do you? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd be. I'd, I. I prefer the peanut ones. I don't like nuts, Mickey. Yeah. Do you not? No. <laughs> <laughs> Continue, continue. <laughs> um, from one extreme to another, and Colin O'Brien is in. Oh, he uh, actually did, did missed out on the lotto, didn't they? Not like them. Yeah, true, true. Was it one? Did one Possibly. Yeah. Um, did, did they not want us to know what the numbers were, maybe, or something like that? Not sure. Um, he yes. wants to know about Mickey's use of juxtaposition in the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna. I might just throw that in juxtaposition. Um, I met Colin the other day. He was in. He was up uh, visiting my mother. That sounds really, really bad. Um, by the way, and uh, he was up visiting my mother and my sister. That sounds even worse, actually, Colin. Oh, uh, now that I think about it. But um, yeah. So and we were we were talking about something, and uh, I used the word juxtaposition, and um, he went, "Oh, look at you! Very fancy with the big word juxtaposition." And I says, well, look, yeah, I'll throw it into the podcast for you. So, um, you know. Does it mean being in two places at once? Is that? No, juxtaposition is when, you know, it's, 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 it's two completely different. The juxtaposition of, we'll say, a wrestler, like holding a little baby, you know, or a little, a little baby lamb or something. You know, something, something you don't expect to see. Exactly, like it's it's complete opposites of whatever. Um, you know, like seeing um 
Conor McGregor um, uh, walking an old granny across the road. You wouldn't <laughs> expect it. Do you know what I mean? Like? No. <laughs> Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Mead. Liam Devine just said, I made it into the picture. I don't know what oh. picture it was, but uh, oh. that's, that's the son of the great Jody Devine. So, made it into the picture. That's great. Uh, delighted for him. Delighted for him. Um, I, I must ring Jody um, um, and congratulate him. On, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 That's, um, that's- Carl Gibney next in, and he said, Jack Blake's, Jack Blake's singing talents in Mullingar, Dudley, Dudley Farrell's song, his go-to tune. I don't know, do you know this, Mickey, but back in the day when we used to go to the cool camps, there used to be a song about Dudley Farrell, because Dudley was the man running the camps, and he does have this song, you know, I don't know what I've been told, Dudley Farrell is really old. <laughs> that was how it went. Now, he put up a tweet at the weekend looking for anybody who had the lyrics to it um but I, I i can only remember little glimpses of it it's 20 years ago now like so um but yeah they obviously were giving a fine rendition of it down in mullingar over the weekend said <laughs> the boys <laughs> yeah well look good songs they they, they they last you know they're like fine wine uh, they get better with age they do indeed. Uh, speaking of which, Colin McAreevy is in. <laughs> and, uh, he uh, said that Emma Duggan to take the freeze for the men's team. Yeah, we could do it a free take. We're actually shite when you say um, Colin McAreevy. He actually texted me last week. I think it was a joke. He was looking for a ticket for uh, the, the Ulster final uh, because he knew that I'd be going up to commentate on the, the Laurie Maher final. Oh, yeah. um, so he was looking for a ticket. I hope he was joking. Um, but the word the word to be got uh, it was Cavan's first Laurie Maher final, so um, they actually um, sold out the tickets that they had. All for right, it. yeah. So I wouldn't have been able to get uh, Colin a ticket. But um, his question going back, um, yeah, hundred um, percent. Um, I'd have her kick and freeze on all the teams if she was available for all of them. She's amazing, and she's an incredible style as well uh, of kicking, which is very distinct, but it's so so effective. Yeah. Right yeah. there. Um, and, and still so young. Um, Navin O'Mahony's are in themselves, and they said, me GA holding off on the fixtures until the ladies' game is fixed. Is that what's happening? Um, yeah, so the, the club championship like starts Friday week, and, um, yeah. you know, at this stage, you'd, you'd normally have fixtures, you know, for the first round and venues and times and dates and everything, but in fairness to the MeTCC, see, see, um, they get a lot of criticism on that, and, in fairness to them, I think they should be applauded for this. So what I believe they're trying to do is they're trying to leave the Saturday when the Mead ladies are playing blank so that people can all watch the game at very least at home on the TV and there's going to be no games clashing with it, which I think is a class act and it probably needs to be spoken about and applauded. Yeah, 100%. You know, we often we often give out, you know, about uh, miscommunication or, or, or lack of communication when it comes to 
fixtures and all that and whatever. And, and fair play to the Miketi board for holding off here. Um, they they know the relevance and they know how huge this is for for me, ladies football to be in an All Ireland semi final. Um, so yeah, yeah, brilliant. Joe McQueenie, uh makes it sound a little bit more impressive than we were making it sound earlier on. He has it that four Leinster 17s in five years, some going. Four and five. Yeah, I thought it was four and six, but uh, yeah, either way, um, absolutely incredible. They've been saying it's three and four, three and four years. Um, it could be four and five years, but we'll, we'll have to look into that. But like, it's still, it's absolutely brilliant. But what we need to do is we need to bring them on and we need to start seeing that manifest itself at under 20 level. Um, because the quality is there, we just need to push it on and, and bring it on to the next level. I've seen a good tweet actually over the over the weekend. I can't remember who said it, but um, they were saying that the biggest compliment they could pay Dublin is that they don't start juicing their young lads until until they're twenty years of age. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Insta Aoife is next in, and she said, "Oh, beautiful mead for the national anthem." <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, class. Love it. I, I heard um, that the Blackwater was the place to be after me to play Dublin in the Leinster final um, a few weeks ago. George Plunkett didn't, he normally go to the me games, but he stayed and watched it in the beer garden in the Blackwater where, where he runs the show. And uh, he played Beautiful Mead on loop for 10 or 12 times after the game <laughs> um, on, on YouTube because he had, had it set up on the TV and it was supposed to be just class. Um, <laughs> Just thought I'd bring Brilliant. that in. Uh, Nicky Potterton next in, and he said, all Mead teams performing well, could it be the checkered jerseys? Hashtag good old days. Yeah, yeah. Look, we, we spoke about that. Um, uh, I think at the beginning of the year, when it could have been last year when the ladies got their new jersey and it had key pack on it and the checkered jerseys and whatever. And, um, go, yeah, it's, um, it, it's true. I don't know. Look, but it is great to see all Mead teams performing really well. Like you, you look through them all, like from the Mead senior footballer team right down to the minor hurlers. You know, it's been it's been a fantastic year for Mead. For sure, um, and it could get better. And this question asks us: Can it get better for this particular Mead team? It's McDonough, and he said, "Can Mead win the minor All Ireland?" Can they? I haven't seen, to be honest with you, I haven't seen Munster um, or Connacht. I haven't seen either of them. I've seen a few teams in, in Ulster, all right? And, but going by what I've seen from this Mead team, there's no reason why they can't. And look, it's, it, it's an age level where, you know, they could go out, any of the teams that are left, they could go out on any given day and shoot the lights out. You know, yeah. like, so there, there's no reason why Mead can't. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the final one in here at the moment is from Evan Connor, and he said, Vincent's break the finals curse. I don't think we actually spoke about this result, did we? St. Vincent's and Karen Ross in the Talton Cup final. Oh, we didn't. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Yes, I didn't have that result, Davey. Sorry. Uh, no, yeah. So St. Vincent's just about getting over the line. I think 111 to 11, Mickey, I think was the score in last Wednesday night's Talton. Was it last Wednesday or Tuesday? I think it was Tuesday, actually. Yeah. Tuesday night's final between Vincent's and Karen Ross. Uh, a battling display from a depleted Karen Ross side, but yes, St. Vincent's getting their final hoodoo out of the way and capturing the 2020 Talton Cup, and they're going to contest the 2021 Talton Cup as well um, when, whenever that's played against Castleton. Yeah, um, of course, uh, Castleton getting overboard in the last week. Jesus, I'm really sorry that we forgot or missed out on that game. 
um, between St. Vincent's and Karen Ross. But uh, yeah, um, Karen Ross or Vincent's winning the trophy um, and uh, getting the hoodoo off the back, I suppose. Um, absolutely brilliant for them. And as you said, they'll contest this year's one as well. So a nice little, uh, a nice little way to, uh, in fact, they're playing against um, Castleton. Both of them were playing in cup finals last week. Castleton obviously losing to uh, Waterstown in the Cornabonia and then St. Vincent's beating Karen Ross in, in the Tolton as a, a kind of a, what would you call it? A, a, a dress rehearsal. A dress rehearsal for, for, for the Tolton Cup final. But yeah, absolutely brilliant um, that St. Vincent's were able to lift that 2020 trophy. Davey, just looking at that, St. Vincent's looked like you know the real deal for uh, for the junior championship. Like they, they are definitely, I'd say, joint favourites with Castletown for that junior championship. Yeah, on merit, absolutely. They they beat Castletown, I think, as well yeah. in the group stages. So yeah. you know they're going extremely well. Um, we have them in a few weeks. We have both of them in a few weeks. Can't wait. Um, <laughs> Castletown and, and Vincent's um, in that group of death. But anyway. I'll be able to tell you a little bit more after that but on form you'd have to say yes they've been beating two of the last three junior A finals they are the reign and defending Talta Cup champions they are in the Talta Cup final in 2021 they are going really really well new management in there it doesn't seem to have deterred their progress whatsoever if anything it's just spurred them on they've got stronger they'll be a tough note to crack yeah they're putting up bigger scores maybe this year than they were last year a little bit more um, attacking minded maybe um, than they have been it's interesting because White and Kearns have gone back to Pats and they've, I suppose, installed <laughs> a, a better attacking method as well. I suppose it all every manager is different and can get certain tune from lads. But yes, Nigel Hand is uh, certainly the man, to, the go-to man in the inside forward line for St. Vincent. He's shooting the lights out recently, and you know they they're bringing on Tommy Field from uh, from a subs capacity as well, which is probably suiting him to just play 15, 20 minutes and cause teams a bit of havoc late in the day. So. Um, they are the real deal. I, I think on merit, they probably you'd have to consider them as joint favourites for the championship along with Castletown at, at this point in time. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, they did win the Torture Cup against Carter Ross last Tuesday night for uh, 2020. And of course, they're going to be contesting 2021 final whenever that is played. Davey, have you anything else for this week's We Are Mead podcast? I don't think so, Mickey. That's everything from us. So remember, We Are Mead, why it matters more.